0: mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and antigenetics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country, and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast, And thank you all for getting High at 9 with us.
1: All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. You are now tuned in to High at 9 News. Thanks for joining not only to get high nine with us but also high noon on the east coast so i'm rico lamete dopest dad on the street and it's friday april 7th today is national no housework day so just go ahead and live your live your best life in all the filth around you national girl me too day so don't feel weird saying it to the favorite lady in your life because it's a movement national Beer day and i hope and i have gout so i hope that one uh, is enjoyed by everybody else but um I want to walk for the next couple of days and I will not be partaking. And it's also good Friday for all of you that believe in a zombie Jesus. Everybody out there watching, please like, share, and hit the subscribe button and follow us at high nine news across all social media platforms. We're live weekday mornings. And you can catch us live and direct at hyatt news.com, but also YouTube and Twitch and audio only on clubhouse. If you do choose the clubhouse route, you can participate in the show by raising your hand with a brief comment on the story presented. Jason Beck is the industry's longest continuously operating retailer, also known in Detroit as White Gucci. Down in Mar-a-Lago, they call him Gucci Blanco. And you know what? This week, he is Jason Beck, Esquire, representing Individual One. Come to the stage first. is my co-host, Jason Beck.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Rico. Hope everyone is having an amazing day. It's finally Good Friday. Morning. We finally made it. And we do want to remind everyone, because we have some brand new news to share with everybody in regards to Hyatt 9 News, that you can now also watch the live stream directly from our website. If you go to the homepage of our website at Hyatt9news.com, you can there watch the live feed now as well. But my story today oh man i hope you guys get ready i even have a video to go along with this today because police in washington state are asking for the public's help in finding a group of five people who crashed a car into a marijuana dispensary and fled with merchandise oh yeah surveillance video uh released on wednesday by the pierce county sheriff's office a kia vehicle drove into the front door of Pot Zone Marijuana Shop, which shattered the windows, allowing a group of five individuals to break in. The five suspects, who police said appeared to be juveniles, then entered the store and began smashing display cabinets and stealing various merchandise. The group also dragged the ATM out of the store and into the Kia before driving away. Ten minutes later, the stolen car was then used to ram the front doors. Um, Which found abandoned, which were found, which the the car was found abandoned with the engine running near East 55th Street and East N Street. The sheriff's department wrote on Facebook in a quote. When we got there, there were no vehicles or any people left. But the front door was smashed. Sergeant Darren Moss of Pierce County Sheriff's Office told Como News. And we have a brief video. And they also said the glass was broken. We're still trying to figure out what exactly was stolen from the business at this point. And they had they had a little more security locking up the actual product. So it doesn't appear as they were able to get a whole hell of a lot, apparently. But uh, anyone with information is asked to call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS because they only accept the tip there. But uh, Adam, can you please play this video? we going we got this video oh here we go i hope you guys enjoy
2: pow <laughs>
0: hold on we're gonna do it again pow look at that angle get all that broken glass on that hood
1: they couldn't even get a brush guard on that bitch. So, I mean, look at these guys.
0: These guys are just going in and smashing the display cases and just getting the weed in the display. So you know it's like all the old crusty bud that's been set out and like aerated and dried out.
1: Those are like house pre rolls and
0: yeah, all the you know <laughs> maybe some of those packages were empty and they were just packaging in their display case, but who knows? It's a good shot. But uh, bro, they got an ATM in a Kia.
1: In a stolen Kia. The Kias and uh, Hyundais. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, you can go to YouTube University and learn how to break into those. Mm-hmm. Those aren't they, centered, but you can't centered swear. Centered
0: videos <laughs> on YouTube. Won't,
1: they won't let us swear, <laughs> but they will <laughs> air videos with teenagers breaking into showing other teenagers how to break into Hyundais and Kias. Mm-hmm. Right? Joe
0: Biden's America. Yeah. Well, this is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. What do y'all think about? All this
1: crime in Washington State—it's uh, running rampant throughout the uh, throughout the nation. Just, I don't know if it's if it's like any uptick. Is it, is it really a big uptick in crime, or is it just we have much more access to CCTV and um, and, and everything online?
0: It definitely has to do with social media. And I like what Malik yeah. has to say. He's like, "Kia boys in Oakland are now filming their actions, Dude, <laughs> live Livestream <laughs> <laughs> live stream <laughs> crime." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: That's a prosecutor's dream. Right. It, it is. is
0: right, Omar. How it's come? How come? They, all
3: you got to do is play the video.
0: They why does this younger generation do. always insist on uh, documenting all these felonies for social media? Why do Why do cricket cops
1: do the same thing and, and they still get off? Well, they usually try to hide their body cam footage. <laughs> they They still seem to get off. It's mm-hmm. like my, my 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 coach back in, uh, back in college used to say, "The eye in the sky don't lie." The eye in the sky does not lie. That is very, very true. Just remember you a major city, you will get cut did. doing this AI story. edited. Deep fakes. hmm Yo, shout out to ChatGPT, GPT, man. We're gonna get sponsored by <laughs> GPT four. <laughs> 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 yes. But what do what do you think about uh, what do you think about this one? Uh, Gretchen? Eh. Crime running rampant in the Washington this, streets.
2: This is not breaking news. Um, well,
1: actually, technically
2: it is, is because they broke breaking. all
0: the windows and the doors. They oh, broke my all God. I hate guts so much, Sorry. Jason Beck.
2: <laughs> uh, crime, crime has been up at dispensaries in Washington for the past year. No, this is not new news. Well, Maybe we should pass on called Safe Banking.
1: I, yeah, well, you want to you wanna, you, you, you dangle that in front of me? You want to dangle that bait in front of me right there?
2: Oh, uh,
1: it's it Good so Friday.
2: Honesty. Why can... not? Yes. Oh, dangle a little bit. It's
1: bait. Right a moderate, uh, moderate Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not so good. <laughs> not so good everywhere. Not so good Does in, it, in streets of Washington d- where things are going Jason, crazy. In, yes.
2: Well, Washington, current, don't even get me started. Uh, as in D.C. Did they go for money? Other than the ATM, you know what?
0: The article doesn't mention that they money it mentions that they got like display product and and so I don't think they got a lot of money. I mean. In, in, in and till, I don't think I don't think stores leave more than, you know, two to four hundred dollars in any register overnight. And I'm sure a lot of these stores that, um, that experience a lot of crime at the same time, too, uh, probably don't even keep the cash drawers in the registers in the front anyway. They keep right. them in the safe at night. So it doesn't mention anything about any denominational value or even that any money was was taken other than the product that was in the display cases. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, didn't they get the atm machine
0: they did take the atm machine but the atm machine would not be the dispensaries that would be a separate uh a separate companies uh otherwise they could be definitely get charged with money laundering if they have their fill in their own atm
1: how long yeah. do you think it took them to break into that atm as long as it took them to break into that <laughs> that window
0: well, I, i'm just wondering how long it took them to get it because normally you would bolt the atm down right and so like you know, I, I'm assuming that because it was inside their store, their ATM wasn't bolted down and they were able to just pick it up. Oh, bless you, Gretchen. I saw that.
2: Right, but it's not It's not the easiest to break into an ATM. I, I'm no. guessing if they got in, it probably took them another 18, 20 hours to get into the ATM. Yeah, I mean, but if you're in a
0: location with that ATM, you can have as much time as you need to get break into yeah, that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Is it worth the effort? I mean, who knows what's in the ATM?
1: I mean, uh, probably, if, I mean, probably a if it needs to be tractor.
2: refilled at some point, you know, whatever.
1: I mean, it's really crime thing.
2: doesn't pay. I don't care what they say. What, what's our next story? Next.
5: <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, Gretchen's bringing the heat on good no long. You have any thoughts on this, Chris? Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing: San Francisco is having the same problem. It, it feels to me like, for for lack of a better term, I think you po- you poked on it, like safe banking and. You know the, the idea that there's uh, victimization is easier in the cannabis culture or cannabis industry. We have more cameras than anybody, so we probably have more footage on all this. But yeah, um, you know, until we get the cash mentality out of the industry's you know operating you know standard operating procedures, and move into that you know general commerce, but you know crime is up across uh, the board everywhere, and it has been since the summer of discontent um where oakland was one of the first places hit during that period of time and it seems like it's been running rampant ever since in terms of these smash and grab break-ins so is it really a hundred percent crime crime is as, crime. As far as anecdotally as i can tell i mean i haven't done the, the systematic thing but i've heard a lot more about it right and uh, uh from from various people and i know we talked about chris eggers who's the other chris egger out there yeah, in the world yeah. but you know he he was actually someone who started we was talking about this about a year and a half ago right and it's only gotten worse since then so
1: and for everybody out there watching, um, uh, Chris Egger did not do a body swap. Nope. <laughs> Our Chris Eggers, this is uh, actually Chris Egger from Pop Politics as well. Yeah, yes. hey, Rico, thanks
5: for having me on today. And Jason, Jason was just a guest thanks on the, the show where he appeared with Jason War- or with Dana Rohrabacher, and, and uh, we decided that it would be good to start cross pollinating uh, and you know kind of peer to peer networking. Oh man, yep, Dick, so- glad to
1: have you on, Broard, brother.
5: But Rico, yeah, crime is
0: way up in everywhere and prosecutions are way down in everywhere. That's the George Soros back DA across the yeah. country. <laughs> and so, but we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. <laughs> Especially on a federal level. How's it going guys? Simon Rosani coming to you from green street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, that's right. We have the dope dad himself, Rico Lemit who looks like he has insulated himself from the Internet blockade that was frequently his house. That's right. He can see all the little sound barriers up, so then that way he doesn't have to hear the BS from the the in uh, the internet gangbanging patrol. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico LeMitt.
1: Uh Thank you, Jason. I am uh, in the new blue. What was this Blue Dream Studios that we call this this, this place? Whatever it is, oh, I'm blue low on sleep, life. but I'm high on life. It's it's re- <laughs> ready for resurrection Sunday, 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 Sunday. But anyways, political corruption. Let's talk about that. It comes in all forms, shapes, and sizes, and colors. It happens on both sides of the aisle, whether the offender claims to be on team red or blue. It just so happens the case we're talking about today focuses on a Republican. And uh, much like the case America's keyed into currently on a national level as well as the many others are tuned in to individual one attempting to fight off (laughs) all those cases over the next several months. It's going to be a cold summer. Anyway, Rick Johnson. He served as chairman of Michigan's Medical Marijuana Licensing Board for two years. While in office, he routinely reviewed and re- approved applications to grow and sell cannabis for medical purposes until spring 2019. Prior to that, he served as a Republican state representative from 1999 to 2001 before elevating to House Speaker for three years from tw- uh, 2001 to 2004. Yesterday, the former regulator and conservative lawmaker pleaded guilty to federal charges that he received more than $110,000 in bribes while on the board in exchange for supporting uh, companies seeking Michigan medical licenses. Johnson was charged along with three other defendants. John Delaley, a business owner charged for paying uh, uh, Johnson bribes, Brian Pierce, and Vincent Brown, lobbyists charged with conspiracy to commit bribery. All four Uh, signed plea deals, admitting to guilt on all charges. After leaving office, Johnson ran a Lansing-based lobbying firm, and for some reason, former Republican Governor Rick Snyder thought it'd be a great idea to, to appoint him as chair for the Michigan Marijuana Licensing Board from 2017 to 2019. The charges against all four defendants were announced by U.S. Attorney Mark Totten at a press conference near the Capitol in Lansing where he said this, at the heart of this corrupt scheme, outlining cash payments and other perks like private chartered flights all were done through Delaly's companies. The investigation started in 2017 and spearheaded by the FBI and at the presser, FBI Special Agent Jim Tarasca thanked forensic accountants and uh, computer forensic examiners who helped determine the money trail and digital evidence to support the charges. Per Politico, Local officials have been charged with similar crimes from California to Massachusetts and corruption allegations targeting state officials in Arkansas and Missouri have been swirling for years. All four defendants in this case pledged to uh, cooperate with the ongoing ongoing investigation and are expected to be arraigned and have plea hearings in the next one to two weeks. Johnson and Delaley fe- face a maximum of 10 years in prison and a fine of two uh, hundred fifty thousand dollars each. And in his plea deal, Johnson agreed to forfeit the hundred ten thousand dollars in bribes in exchange for the U.S. Attorney's Office agreeing not to impose, not to oppose his uh, request for a reduction in an in an offense level, which would impact his sentencing. Pearson Brown faced a maximum of five years in prison and a fine of $250,000 each. Incumbent Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer abolished the medical marijuana board Johnson helmed in 2019 a few months after taking office and put oversight of the industry inside a state agency. Well, I'll tell you what. We've been getting tips from several sources over the last year or so about all kinds of corruption going on in Michigan cannabis under both previous administration and the current. Personally, I don't know what the hell's going on up there, but I'm sure a certain conservative gentleman better known in the dirty mitten streets as white Gucci does. And all we can hope for is that the medical patients received their meds under Johnson's tenure and they got clean product and services they deserved. I'm Rico Lemieux, the dopest dad on the street. And I'd love to hear from uh, everybody else. What y'all think about this uh, corruption going on in the FBI cracking the web?
5: well, uh, Rigo, this is Chris. You know, one of the things you know, pop politics. We don't really dig into this issue too much, the corruption issue. But you know, when I, through the work I do as a public affairs consultant, we used to say the fastest way to a federal indictment and in legal cannabis is to run for public office. And it's unfortunate that we've been victimized. You know, it's an industry. A lot of people were not prepared to encounter the, you know, the political realities of legalization, you know, the the bright light sense of this industry. And I think people took advantage of it. I think you're going to see a lot more of it before you get better. I've personally seen it in Atalanto. I've seen it in Irvine now, Um, you know, Malahat and that whole issue. um, Oh, Malahat. Right? Well, to be honest, right, at that time. He was one of the most powerful consultants in the cannabis industry in terms of political lobbying. And, uh, you know, that was that was it was it was unfortunate. It was not a shocker. Right. But that was still going on, isn't it? Well, she pled guilty. I don't know where else they're taking the investigation, but she did uh, ultimately plead guilty. But I think it's going to be good for the industry. I think it's part of our maturation process. It's almost like we we're getting picked on at school by somebody, and now that bully is no longer able to pick on us because as this industry matures, I think we're going to see a lot less of that. I think we're going to see a lot more traditional interaction with public officials and lobbying. And I would say that the common ground concept—you know—you know—galvanizing uh, a cannabis, you know, cannabis a stoner is also a. Cannabis of his voter and uh, you know aligning that voice and that, the strength of that, I, I think, will be the bargaining chip of the future, uh, and not the you know paper bag cash payments um, that we've been seeing in the past. But yeah, every new market's going to go through it, I would imagine, as they start to roll out regulatory structure.
1: What do you, what do you guys, what do you guys think about um, um, Rick Snyder, the, the the former governor, actually appointing the former Speaker of the House as the head of their regulatory body? Number one. After he had already been uh, running a uh, lobbying firm for uh, for several years, after that, you, like I, I, that's just blatantly opening the door for corruption, is it not?
5: <laughs> yeah, would, to a degree, uh, you know, I could see the argument from their perspective is, uh, well, he's an experienced, you know, civic leader and he's there, but, very but What I've noticed is, that's is everyone cool. has a sister, cousin, brother, or somebody who is going to benefit from licensing somehow, so. They, they, they personalize it that way and they hold back, you know, macro change for their personal agendas. And that's a lot that happens more on the municipal level here in California that I see is uh, one of the things that holds it back is what do I get out of it um, as an elected right. official And it's unfortunate, but, you know, civic duties aside, um, you know, I think we're going to see more of these probably in the next year or two. And then they're going to start to, to work their way out of the industries, you know, day to day, especially when we get out of the cash driven side of this business
1: you going to say something on this one, Gretchen? Come on. Well, Come on, I just, Gretchen. I is, is disagree people. with everything
2: that you have to say. Uh, Delamite. Like,
1: like, like, just is because you're me? a
2: lobbyist does not make you corrupt. You're an idiot. No, I
1: didn't say just because a lobbyist. I said this guy was the, the Michigan... So Speaker what? of the House, What's number one, he's the Speaker of the House. And okay. then he ran a lobbying firm. And then yes. he became like the, the head so of their, like, their regulatory.
5: Like, Do you it, have it, any you idea
1: how many people bounce back throughout? and
2: forth in Washington from one that, uh, agency back to yep. Congress, back, you
1: back you to lobbying? Because they know what they're doing. Be I
2: love how every moron in this industry is just like, I was a grower, so I should be in charge of regulations. You don't know shit about policy or Who how it that? works or how to get anything done. Mm-hmm. You guys say it all Who the time. a grower? A grower? You're on crack.
1: A you guys are grower? always like telling
2: me. If you know how to manage
1: people, if you oh know how to God. manage people, you can make a to case for it. To think that because this man a was a speaker,
2: yourself. he should not be in charge is the most, it's just, I can't even fathom how ridiculous that is. This is how politics
3: works. because there's regulatory capture that's happening. So when you have the industry becoming the regulators, the regulators stop doing their oversight duties. Regulatory capture is a real problem. We cannot pretend that it doesn't exist in the cannabis industry.
0: Obviously, you guys have never listened to Warren G before.
1: <laughs> Mount up, yeah. You know, just a Gretchen is just a fan of the system, and there's you know there's no corruption like uh, the, uh, I've the, 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 system. System, the I've the, the been in the system. I've actually been in the system. It's all about it. obey. It's all about obey. It's not Believe about obey. You. Believe what they it's tell about- you. Listen are to everything crazy? they tell you to do. You're and just out like, your mind. Are you why, well, why, you why guys are you just on angry, Rico and me, because
2: you don't know how to play go the go game.
1: Listen to the yeah. If you
0: Rico know how to play really, the
2: game, then you would yes. be perfectly fine with yes. the
1: game.
0: Yeah, I'm the perfectly fine with the game. I love to play it. I'm with it. Yes.
2: I Everyone who like, does not understand politics <laughs> hates <laughs> politics. Oh, I love it's not it.
1: Understanding it like, it's about understanding it. It's about knowing what's it's right and what, what's, right, what's wrong. Okay. You can, you oh, understand bless your sweet
5: little heart. Then go become a kindergarten teacher if you want to teach what's right and what's wrong. Call, you if call you want to get shit done, done in this country, this country then you got
2: to know what to do.
5: These oh yeah! How to get
2: shit done? Get Gretchen,
1: are you not going you to say? Are you not going to say it's corruption? You're not going to say it's corruption if, if if you have political nepotism. Somebody who's gone up through the political system in America, everywhere. the most corrupt, the most Doesn't corrupt matter. democracy on earth, and Doesn't you're going to put them in. The we're going char- to we're going we, to keep it moving.
0: We got to keep it moving. But I totally agree with Gretchen on this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of course you. Of uh, course you do. You, you can you can listen to the system and agree with the system that is putting your man in, in, in the, the dirt right now. Everything that's going on to your boy Donald J. Trump is should be happening. You should refer to everything that's going to him. You know what? The system is working properly, isn't it, Jason? Just refer to him as Teflon from here on out. Well <laughs> so you got to introduce Gretchen now. Oh my God! Yeah, get on it. Oh, he's a Republican. <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> She's known for mixing things up on K Street by day and in the kitchen by night. And the jury's still out on whether those weak ass outfits that she gives her pitbulls and are going to get her a warrant sent to her house by PETA. Up next, y'all know who it is. It's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington Insider, Gretchen gailey
2: There is absolutely nothing wrong with the outfits <laughs> that my dogs wear, and I come by it naturally uh just yesterday my mother bless her heart love her to death still thinks i'm 10 and sends me socks for easter so she's like That's happy so easter this is what my mother sends me i'm like thanks mom how about a check next time That'd be you, know awesome.
1: what, you know how i feel about those uh, outfits on your dogs
2: they love them they love them you should see how excited they get when their pajamas come out i don't want to hear bet,
1: it i bet eat they they them all
2: right let's talk about some oh, other exciting news like dog pajamas uh, Texas House will vote next week on allowing medical marijuana as opioid alternative and replacing THC limit. The Texas House of Representatives will vote on a bill next week that would allow doctors to recommend medical marijuana to patients as an opioid alternative for chronic pain. This legislation, sponsored by Representative Stephanie Kick, or I'm sorry, Stephanie Click, uh, would also replace the THC cap that was established under the state's existing medical cannabis law. After moving through the House Public Health Committee last month, the measure was brought before the calendars committee on Thursday, which has now scheduled it for a floor debate and a vote on Tuesday, April 11th. This also comes weeks after a separate House panel unanimously approved a bill to decriminalize cannabis possession in the state while providing a pathway for records expungement. The medical marijuana expansion legislation, meanwhile, would replace the 1% THC cap for cannabis oil with a volumetric dose of 10 milligrams, it would also add a 10th condition that qualifies patients for low THC marijuana products, a condition that causes chronic pain for which a physician would otherwise prescribe an opioid. Importantly, the bill further stipulates that regulators at the Department of State Health Services could approve through rulemaking additional debilitating medical conditions to qualify patients for the cannabis program. If enacted, the bill would take effect starting on September 1st, 2023. Advocates at groups like Texas Normal are encouraging supporters to reach out to their representatives and encourage them to approve the reform. While advocates would like to see the conservative legislature enact more holistic medical cannabis legislation or end prohibition altogether, the measure does represent a significant expansion while also recognizing the potential of cannabis as an opioid alternative. The full Texas House approved a cannabis decriminalization bill in 2019, but it did not advance in the Senate that session. Lawmakers have since been unable to pass additional expansive cannabis bills in recent sessions. I would love to see this go through. I know we hate piecemeal legislation, but I think that's the only way anything is ever gonna get done in Texas. Um, they need to see that the sky's not falling. Uh, they need to see that the benefits are they're out there. And the fact that they're pushing this for an opioid alternative, I can see this also um, meaning something to other conservative states uh, really looking for medical marijuana. This is Gretchen Pride, 9 News.
1: I think it's good news. I'm all for it.
2: Amen. Gretchen, what are they
0: replacing the THC limit with?
2: And that's what I'm not sure of. Looking at it, I can't tell if they're imposing a new limit or they're just getting rid of the limit.
0: I think they just need to get rid of it, but it doesn't say that in the, in the headline. So I'm very, very curious as to what. Well, the-
2: maybe you should read more mm-hmm. than the headline, Jason Beck. I think that's why you get so many things wrong. Never. If you continue <laughs> to read the story, they give you more details and things called facts.
0: I understand that. Yeah, so uh, And that's nice what I'm saying.
2: If you keep reading it, um, and I would probably have to d- deep dive into the legislation, but it just says that they're removed would replace the 1% THC cap.
0: Oh, Leah! In our, in uh,
2: what's Leah got?
0: Leah in the clubhouse. She's she's saying that that it that it's going uh, from one percent to five
5: percent.
2: Okay, fantastic! Thank and, you, Leah.
5: Yeah, thank you, Leah. In the great state of Texas. You know, I was going to say that one of the things I thought was most interesting about where Texas is heading with the local control is this idea that like Austin and some of the cities around Austin are decriminalizing cannabis and, uh, you know, the state has the ability to try to thwart that, but it seems like they're also embracing legislation to uh, allow communities to decriminalize if they so choose, um, which will create a patchwork of, I guess, safe communities throughout the state. But, um, you know, my question would also be is what kind of regulated industry does this lead to? Because my understanding is complying in Texas can be really uh, tough and still lead to incarceration and and huge uh, legal issues. Is somebody
1: uh, who has actually benefited from uh, medical cannabis and opioid addiction. I'm all for this, man. Any anytime you can replace opioids with um, with cannabis and cannabis treatments, I'm 100 percent for that. So we got Texas moving forward. there's incremental change.
0: Gretchen, did the article reference any uh, any statements from Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor? No. Do you think he's gonna end up like killing this? I think you're. Power?
2: I think you're making that man into more powerful than he is.
0: He's pretty powerful. Uh, if yeah, 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 yeah. But in Texas, if you pass D-D. the
2: legislature, it goes to Abbott's desk, not the other guy.
0: I understand that, but he's the one that's advising on all cannabis policy and whatnot. So, do you think he would tell Governor
1: Abbott not to sign it? Yeah, Greg no. Abbott's like Darth Vader, and uh, and 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 Dan Snyder is like uh, the Sith Lord behind him, Darth Sidious. Oh boy.
2: All right. Palpatine. Well, not that I don't believe in every conspiracy theory that you guys float out there. <laughs> However, this is um, Texas man,
1: Texas, on this little <laughs> this, this shit. Man. This stuff. I, well,
2: okay. I I, I think this all will go through. I think okay. that Texas is primed to start doing a bit more in the cannabis space. I do. Uh,
0: oh, Leah. Leah has question. something to say.
2: I, Le- can Leah come up from the audience? What yeah, is Leah. Leah. Just oh, you, Leah?
0: Oh, Leah. What do you have to say about this, Leah?
6: First off, good morning. Happy Friday. Morning. Good morning. Coming from the great state of Texas. And I am proud uh, to say what our state is doing. Finally, it's little steps. Medical patients that are registered in the teacup, which is called the CURT. Um, both me and my son are registered medical patients in the state of Texas. Um, the percentage of tinctures uh, are going from 1% to 5%. It's a step. And then as far as decriminalization, um, there have been cities that are doing amazing things, uh, decrimming up to uh, between two to um, four uh, ounces, if I'm not uh, mistaken. But also, people need to remember that in in texas um there is no smokable flour for medical patients it is tinctures gummies lozenges and a little drink and they have a chocolate bar so i want to give my state some props and all the people um liz everyone in texas that have gone to the capitol i just want to say thank you thank Mm -hmm. you for all your hard work because Mm -hmm. this is great this is great news to me, um, and I just had—I just got to tell my primary care doctor yesterday that yes, I'm a Texas medical patient, and he had no problem with it. So talk to your doctors about it, let them know, um, because what I'm doing is I'm getting more doctors on board. Mm-hmm. So this is this is good news, and thanks for sharing great news.
1: Always, Leah. Thank Big you so love much. out to you and everybody that's benefiting from this, Leah. Nothing but love and, and congratulations. It's huge. Yes, congratulations, Texas. We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Feel good stories. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com.
0: The thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown on High 9 News, those of the individual speakers and not those of High 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. And maybe you should go and try to help them raise that 5% in Texas control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the DAB. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE Pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated.
1: You all right, Rico? You got this? I'm muted. Sorry about that. All right, up, up next we have the man who is who stole his name from one of our uh, regular correspondents. No, he was. I think you're actually older than him, right?
5: Oh, I guarantee you, I'm older than him. Yeah, he's actually older. He's And by old. the way, I got a call from Dana Cisneros uh, from Cannabis Corporate Law one day. She says, "You know that there's a guy out there using your name. He's a he says he's a former police officer, right?" And she got to know him before I did, but she's the one who introduced us and connected us ultimately. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, Rico's nice, nice to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah Dana, Dana's the best. Uh, so Chris Egger, he is. Um, he actually is the host of Cannabis Capital's Pop Politics and a political and public affairs consultant. He's gonna be joining us dropping some knowledge for masses
5: today. So welcome to the show and break them off a little heat, Chris. Oh, I appreciate you. Rachel. We didn't come with any heat today, but I will say this. I want you know, uh, We just had a recent episode of Pop Politics where Jason came on with Congressman Dana Warabacher, who is retired but was responsible for the Warabacher Farm Amendment and a bunch of stuff. So he he and I decided that it was time for us to start peer-to-peer cross-pollinating um, these industry platforms for news and insight, especially when it comes to politics. But for today, uh, I'm going to be talking about You know, uh, a High Times article today, uh, powerful alliances, Twitter, Uber, politicians, investors and cannabis companies converge at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital with an A, not an O, Capital Conference in Miami, April 11th through 12th. So, you know, the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference is renowned as the world's largest and most successful cannabis investing and finance event, and that's a pretty self-aggrandizing statement on that end, but, you know, is returning to the iconic Fontainebleau Hotel in Miami on April 11th and 12th next week. 2023. With over 3,000 industry operators, investors, policymakers, and advocates expected to attend, registrations have surged by 30% compared to last year, reflecting the industry's rapid expansion. It is expected that 90% of the total cannabis market cap will be at this event, making it the perfect place to network with the top operators in the space. Now, here's where it gets interesting, I think. Twitter and Uber are going to dive into the budding cannabis industry. The major development, Twitter and Uber are set to participate in the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference, highlighting the increasing crossover between mainstream business and the cannabis sector. Uh, Alexa Alinello of Twitter, U.S. Sales and Partnerships, Rohan Rolroy of Twitter Next, as well as Jesse Young, Global Lead of New Ventures at Uber Technologies, are among the top executives scheduled to speak. This marks the first time Twitter executives will meet with cannabis industry leaders to discuss the social media giant's role in cannabis advertising, making it the first platform in the social media landscape to open its doors to the burgeoning, burgeoning industry, which I think is huge. Um, and then politicians join the conversation, right? So the conference will also witness the participation of prominent politicians, including represent, Representative Dave Joyce um, from Ohio's 14th Congressional District and Representative Troy Carter, uh, Representative for Louisiana's 2nd Congressional District. Interesting choices um, for um for uh, political uh, insight into cannabis, right, uh, from, a, from a legislator level. But I think it's important that we all recognize that as our industry grows and matures, that these conferences offer a time to peer-to-peer network, share best practices, you know, uh, put into focus the, the true uh, business elements of this. Although sometimes these get a little hyped when they're focused on the capital and the burn rate of investment in cannabis like all um, venture capital is going to go down in the year or two ahead of us to come. So it's going to be harder and harder, I think, which makes banking reform, I think, even more of a of a, of a hot topic for, for the industry to focus on so that access to capital uh, can at least remain in that, in that area. But I, I think, uh, you know, it's good that they're meeting. I just went to the network um, uh, show this week here in Los Angeles, took a different approach. It was more rubber to the road, um, cannabis uh, sales, right? Like it was retailers uh, coming as attendees to meet with brands who are licensed in the space, right? With the no and zero interruption between all of the hype that goes along with capital investment and all of the ancillary services that are trying to enter the space. Um, that's one perspective. I think it's important that we get together and network. I think it's important that we talk about Twitter And hopefully Instagram and other platforms to follow because uh, cannabis has really struggled to it's not just like every other industry and it's not regulated like any other industry. And we just don't have access to eyeballs as much. uh, And having these services open those doors are going to be a big move, I think, for normalizing cannabis in in the business landscape. So I don't know, Rico, did I did I do a good job on my first story?
1: You did an excellent job. You did an excellent job. You just got to say, I'm Chris Egger.
5: I'm Chris Edgar. And I'm reporting for High at Nine News. And I'm reporting for High at Nine News, hanging out with Rico and Jason Beck and Gretchen and Omar and a team of really vested uh, cannabis uh, thought leaders. Appreciate the time, everybody.
1: There we go. I think it's it's good that our lawmakers get to finally meet publicly who's going to be telling them which way to take our industry. Yeah. Now down to it. corporate overlords because they have, <laughs>
5: because they are going to be funding
1: everything going forward.
5: My biggest, my biggest struggle is a bunch of people are regulating an industry that they've never functioned in. And I think to Gretchen's point, you don't necessarily want the industry regulating itself across the board. But there are some nuances and some things that I think it, it, it's helpful to educate uh, the political you know, mindset as to uh, why some of the uh, regulatory structures and schemes that they they put on us are are so impossible to navigate for successful business operations. They may sound great on paper and do good in a public safety or a PTA meeting, but they don't necessarily uh, help the industry. grow. But, but
1: Uber and Twitter have been in the news constantly for corruption. And, and, and negative headlines over the past—I don't know how, when. There haven't any negative headlines like, on Twitter. Yeah, and so I, this, this is like more in, inviting more corruption on a corporate level, but at least they have the money to lobby properly, uh, unlike the rest of the cannabis industry right
5: now, right? right well, that's for sure, and I don't know where Uber like looking to replace Ease. You know, it's it, it, that would be my question: is, is are are they trying to come into this as being the next form of delivery? Yeah, um,
1: they, 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 they. I think they, uh, they 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 officially got in in Canada uh, first uh, sometime last year. DoorDash, what's that? I think that's
0: DoorDash you're referring to I
5: in
1: Canada? So. Yeah. Canada. I would imagine
5: a similar
0: approach, right, Jason? Like that's what I mean, we, very similar approach. I mean, but but let, let let's get to the to the real to the real question of what I want to know about this Ben Zynga. Yeah. So, Twitter Musk is involved, is Elon Musk going to be there and is he going to light up on stage? <laughs>
5: <The> <laughs> he answer is he is no, real <laughs> <he is laughs> I can tell you because he's not going to lose SpaceX and uh, contracts ever again. He's he will. If you ever see him smoking, it'll be uh, because you're on a boat with him in the south of France somewhere.
0: I'm about that.
5: Who I am cares all if about he smokes? That. Is he gonna pay
4: for safe banking in our pay to play government? Ooh,
1: uh, yeah. Great point, Dr. Tally. Yeah, right? Dr. T. We got some money. We got some money in the okay. building now. Are they gonna actually That's pay the for some work, right? That is. That's the name of the game. The golden rule, the one with the gold makes the rules. It takes money to keep that machine, the gears <laughs> of that machine rolling, right, Jason? Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: the system doesn't feed
1: itself.
2: You guys are so cute thinking that a couple companies is what it's going to take. Are you kidding me? The, the, do you oh, know how oh, much yeah. money no, needs well, to flow into Washington right? to act- actually, actually see something companies. happening? we're, what? we're,
0: we're what? building a consortium of large companies. We already oh, have Amazon. Please. that's came with us. We get. We're going to get Twitter. Yeah. Uber yeah. 62.8 billion playing.
1: market cap. 62. Anheuser Busch is already playing.
0: Don't
2: care. Don't care. Don't care. Don't exactly. care. I need those guys to walk into the doors of washington or their local guys i don't care where the hell they're doing it they need to walk into lawmaker's office and say cannabis is our number one priority which they will never do they're so not, until they, they, they are spending that money them. on cannabis, <laughs> it does nothing for us they can
1: cash out lip we'll, service we'll, we'll too. 600 uh-huh. every single time it's all it's all just more
0: lip service from the other side huh
2: it's a, a thousand percent lip service are you kidding me if like uh, frankly if twitter really cared uh they would send your boy elon and be like yes i'm here i'm putting it but they're sending the assistant to the our you know thumbs up campaign i mean who the hell is this chick that they're sending down there to the best thing to talk i mean come on for real oh man. well
0: that was that was great thank you so That's much. cute. Very I'm gonna tell you what though. Miami is definitely gonna be super lit this next. I don't know about that one. We'll see. Sure. All right, we're gonna. I hear
2: a lot of people aren't going to things this year.
0: We're going. I know a bunch of billionaires that are going there. He told me they're gassing up the jet and they been looking forward to the conference. Are
2: they? Are they giving you a ride, Jason? Back? Or are you going? I,
0: I have other things to do because uh, Emerald Cup judges. But you're the highest
2: the man time. in cannabis, longest running retailer. I'm right. shocked and amazed that you're not going to put your money where your mouth is and go to Benzinga.
1: Are they tracking your tail numbers, Guess Jason? What, when my billionaires are there, I don't
2: need yeah.
0: to be there because they're already there uh-huh. for me. It's how they tracking, mean, are they, they tracking players your, players your, your your PJ
1: movement, Jason? Exactly. Yeah. He mm-hmm. wants to keep his exactly.
0: family safe. <laughs> exactly. 100%. But we'll let, let's run this next ad, Adam. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
5: Yeah, this one oh,
0: yes, 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 I do, bro. Yes, 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 I do. Coming up next, it is the doctor that has been writing recommendations longer than most of you people have been smoking cannabis. That's right. He's the founder of CESC and the founder of Medican, where you can get your recommendations. That's right. It is none other than the Dr. Gene
1: Talleyrand.
3: Thank
1: you,
4: Jason. Happy Saturday, wild. everyone. Nice. Much love, Dr. T. Uh, my story is from Cure Today by Brielle Benyon. Uh, Cure Today is a resource for patients with cancer, cancer survivors, and their caregivers. Uh, this story is an account of patient experiences with cannabis for cancer. The American Cancer Society feels there is not enough research to support a claim that cannabis cures cancer, but they do feel that smoking cannabis can be helpful in treating nausea, vomiting, and poor appetite, which are common side effects of chemotherapy. uh, Surveys report between 25 and 40% of cancer patients use cannabis, mostly to manage symptoms that occur with their diagnosis. Regarding the evidence, there are cell culture and animal studies showing the benefit of cannabinoids and tumor reduction and blood flow to cancers. Uh, beta-caryophylline, uh, cannabis terpene, also shows benefit. However, there is little clinical evidence showing cannabis cures cancer. To better understand the patient experience, Cure Today asked this question on social media. Have you ever used cannabis or CBD to relieve cancer-related symptoms? To hear what some of the patients responded i used it for anxiety pain relief and sleep when i was first diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer last year i learned about cbd from my local dispensary they helped choose dosage and type of 40 to 1 tincture julie h um, every day for insomnia it saved me i am a stage four breast cancer survivor diagnosed on my 33rd birthday this June is my 10-year cancerversary, no evidence of disease, Aaron. I used RSO, Rick Simpson oil, for state four colon cancer. I am seven years, no evidence of disease, Carrie. Used it for pain and nausea. It worked better than the meds the doctors prescribed. Plus, it was in my control and only used when needed. Eight-year survivor here, Jen. I'm a big fan as are my caretaker team. I did extensive research and decided to get a volcano vaporizer to combat the loss of appetite. I was diagnosed malnourished and everyone was deeply concerned about my weight loss. Volcano and Lucky Charms saved my skinny life. Love talking about this stuff and sharing what I learned. Raynaz. So for years I've heard similar stories of cannabis use and yet no evidence of cancer cure. Comparing to those who don't use cannabis, it seems rare to have no evidence of disease among non-users. There is a disconnect when so many stories of positive outcome coincide with so little effort for clinical study. Part of the reason is that scientists can't handle cannabis as Schedule One. but science can observe cannabis use with cancer, document its effect, and generate some theories. The American Cancer Society warns that cannabis use has potential risks of feeling disoriented, anxious, or paranoid. So if you had cancer, would, would, would these risks prevent you from using cannabis? And do you know someone who feels cannabis cured their cancer? This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand for High Nine News.
0: Dr. T, I love all of these letters.
4: Yeah, th- this is what I hear regularly. That it really inspires me, uh, and I wonder why we're not doing more. To is, really get to
0: it. I, I mean, I, I think I think it would be an amazing idea just to to get a number of these types of letters and make a coffee table book with these.
4: Oh, uh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, just telling the stories.
0: Yeah, the telling the stories exactly, exactly.
1: Just get somebody with a dope voice to just like read over them. Just have them scroll down the screen real calm like and just have some you know lo-fi music playing in the background what
0: what what do you think about this gretchen i know i know letters handwritten letters a lot of times can come in very handy with helping to move move some lawmakers do you think this this could be helpful in any way
2: um of course i always think that um especially when it comes to the medical side that is what first turns uh Mm -hmm. lawmakers who are on the fence as when they've been touched by cannabis um with someone who has epilepsy a loved one who is going through cancer treatments then then they can finally see that this is not all you know hype just for people to get high that it actually has a medicinal value to it um so i think it's very important that these things go forward um letters are great i think when it comes to those personal stories though i think it's best walking into someone's office uh, mm-hmm. They need to actually see, and I and I hate to say that, yes, we have to put on show and tell and really play that role, but I, unless you are a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, author, I don't think writing a letter sometimes is going to get that sentiment done. Um, I know moms who have taken their kids off their meds and let them just seize endlessly in front of a lawmaker and say, look, this is what I deal with every day because you won't help me. Okay? And yeah. A week later, they passed medical cannabis in Pennsylvania. So, yes, you, these you, stories matter.
1: You work with a lot with these politicians, um, and you know how they operate better than all of us do. Like, how do we get the conversation um, back onto the medical page? You know, everybody's talking about money. Everybody's talking about oh, businesses. This oh, opening up adult use here and there. Uh, but it started with the medical side of the industry. It's, it's, plant is medicine, how do we get people to focus on that uh, other than, uh, rather than you know, these well, th- for adult use that we, that we see in from state to state?
2: I think the biggest problem with this industry when it comes mm-hmm. to lobbying any lawmaker, doesn't matter state or federal, uh, we all need to be singing from the same hymnal and we yep. just aren't. Um, frankly, uh, adult use advocates, Don't care. I don't want to say they don't care about medical, but that's not their priority and they don't feel that it's possible uh, to get social justice reform just going for medical and so it's not enough for them. So then we have these warring elements Um, and so lawmakers are like, I don't know anything about this plant. So the last thing I'm going to do is get into this fight between the two groups. If the industry can't agree on what they need, then how are we supposed to fix this
0: exactly Um,
2: so number one the industry has to start getting along and I know a gazillion different groups in Washington and I'm always like let's get together let's have happy hour at my house I will bake you things I will even try and figure out how to infuse a few if that makes you happy and people are like oh you can't invite this guy I hate this guy I hate this guy I'm like I don't care this is going to be a knock and heads party together because we all need to get on the same page and the industry really needs to do that. Hands down, I, that's number one.
0: I, I would fly out for that, Gretchen, if you're going to do that.
2: What, a and heads party?
0: Yep, 100%. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the,
2: the, they just don't get along. Social advocacy does not get along uh, with the medical element. Not one bit. Really? There's just too many different... Uh, too many different... Um, what's the word to say I,
1: fractions we need to yeah, have so I, I think I there's too qu- many
2: different goals the problem nope. with cannabis uh-huh. especially when it comes to legislation is we're not trying to fix one thing we're trying to fix taxes we're trying to fix jobs we're trying to fix crime we're trying to fix science we're trying to fix everything possible i mean cannabis is its own ecosystem and so but lawmakers don't want to get on board that way they're just like, I don't understand any of this. The only reason safe banking has gone anywhere is because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we're all white guys. We understand money, banks. Okay, Mm -hmm. I've heard of those. I bank in a bank. So maybe I can actually look at how this legislation might move forward. That's the only reason that is number one on the plate. Um,
0: Uh, 280
2: could come up for discussion, but again, that gets into, you know, things they don't understand.
0: Tax and we're gonna have to agree on an excise tax just to even, even tackle that issue.
1: I think you uncovered something real good there, uh, Gretchen, with the the discussion that we're having is that we need to talk more about health equity um, than anything else, because the communities of color are suffering a lot more of the ailments uh, that our um, um, melanin deficient brothers and sisters are not uh, simply because we don't have the health care. We don't have access to the meds that um, uh, that others do. And maybe that's that's common ground that we can meet on uh, there uh, when we talk about the medical side.
2: Well, and it's very clear, and I'm sure Dr. Talleyrand will back me up, that minorities and women often don't get the same level of medical care, uh, that they're just not listened to when they go in um, and are looking for help and advice. And cannabis could be the bridge for treatments that people need. Um, So we need to be able to come together and say, yes, and I know people are going to hate this, but maybe we should prioritize medical over adult use. Every single state. Has gone medical before it goes adult use. Nobody's right. just like, we're all in. Wait, there was one. That model there was clearly one. worked.
0: There was Who? One. Who? Uh, what was it, North Dakota?
2: And what's the story going on there? Three people live in North Dakota. Is it working? I, I, I agree
0: with you, but you can't say that no state has done that. I'm saying there was one.
2: I, I need to double check on that one. Uh, but <laughs> <is> making, frankly,
1: <laughs> pulling it out uh
2: truly (laughs) you need the structure you need the regs you need the compliance side the consumer safety side that you get more with medical pushing forward with the research the data to get people a bit more on board before you go to adult use and then when you go to adult use then you make the arguments that adult use isn't really about people getting high it's about access it's about uh criminal justice and 85 to 90 percent of people actually are patients um it's it's just uh, we need to completely change our mindset and i know y'all hate this and you call it pay to play but you got to put some damn money in the game Mm -hmm. we have to
1: i'm not i'm not that is the only way that washington
2: listens to you You and i'm not talking about bribes i'm talking about putting money behind candidates who are going to fight for you and candidates who are going to take cannabis from issue number 23 and move it up on their priority list and say, all right, cannabis is now my number two or number three, because that's what my constituents want. Yep. That's what my people are paying mm-hmm. me to care about. That's exactly. how it works. That's
1: a bribe. I, it's not a bribe, we're, we're It's not a bribe. Not a bribe. You're not a bribe. You we, are we paying, go, you go are paying to
2: get into office candidates who care about your issues oh, that's you take not money a bribe out of
1: politics you take money out of democracy oh uh, well
2: it's i democracy. don't i don't go to tahiti rico <laughs> i don't know where
1: you want but... like to be tahitian treat. treat is like slow <laughs> little carbonation Good you gotta Lord. get on if y'all haven't had it so <laughs> up next this multicultural multicultural multi-talented and multifaceted attorney is the founder of a bicoastal boutique cannabis law firm with offices in california and new york he's gonna be Flying us home with a smooth landing today, and hopping out the uh, hopping out that uh, the exit ramp with a little Brazilian jiu jitsu flair. You
3: know who it is, Omar Figueroa. Thank you, Rico. Happy Friday, everyone. My story is from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. The headline is: Santa Rosa City Council member Eddie Alvarez's cannabis dispensary faces closure for not having proper permits and unpaid taxes. Santa Rosa City Council member Eddie Alvarez is racking up daily fines of $500 and faces potential legal sanctions for defying a city order issued in mid-March to close his cannabis dispensary. Code enforcement officers served a cease and desist order on his business, The Hook, March 15th after learning he didn't have a valid state permit to operate a retail business. It's unclear when the permit was revoked, but the issue appears to stem from at least $380,000 owed in state business taxes. While this is the first dispensary Santa Rosa has attempted to close, Alvarez is not alone among cannabis operators in facing tax troubles. Licensed and non-licensed cannabis companies owed the state nearly $200 million in unpaid taxes as of last June. The state tax agency in recent years has sought to better track cannabis tax reporting, enforced tax collection, as well as crack down on illegal marijuana operations and non-compliant businesses. Efforts include so-called tilt taps, where officers confiscate cash and checks from a business and auction off seized properties to collect unpaid taxes. The ramped up measures have come as the economy recovers from pandemic impacts, but they have riled people in the industry who say they face a high tax burden. A Santa Rosa-based cannabis consultant said dispensaries face numerous regulatory hurdles and hefty tax liabilities, but can make it tough for smaller operations to remain in business. That sometimes means business owners must make hard choices between paying taxes or other fees and meeting operational demands. That creates a situation where if you don't have a lot of cash or capital as a business owner, you're going to be making choices where some things don't get paid. Um, Alvarez said the tax burden and hoops dispensaries must jump through are overwhelming. Shutting down business is not in the best interest of the community, he said, and he hoped there would be more government support for working with dispensary owners to help them get back into compliance and stay current with various city and state regulations. Government should be a partner in business, and it's really frustrating when they become an obstacle, he said. No business should have to jump through so many hoops. I'm not a poodle. The headline is Santa Rosa City Council member Eddie Alvarez's cannabis dispensary faces closure for not having proper permits and unpaid taxes. This is Omar Figueroa, lawyer, publisher and Gangier instructor reporting from Sonoma County, California for high at nine, high noon Eastern.
1: Thank you for this one. Uh, Come on, Omar, you didn't say
0: the one part
3: from well, Sonoma I to County. Like, Come on, we, we like WAP, the
0: WAP, WAP, right?
3: <laughs> and so um you know i think it, it's this is like a real small business he's yeah. not funded you know by venture capitalists and it right. just shows like a, a struggling city council member uh who didn't buy his permits and the uh issues that they have to go through but he still has to pay his taxes absolutely mm-hmm.
1: what does yeah, everybody it's... think so may- maybe he think should, maybe if he maybe if he levels up he can uh Grease the right pockets. He <laughs> can get in with the with the right people, and they can pay for all. Uh, they can make all of his troubles go away, right?
0: This is the same guy that was the city. <coughs> Excuse me, that was the city councilman, right?
3: That's right. City okay, and, he's and the vice mayor.
0: Wasn't there some child sex allegations or crimes that were involved with this guy too? Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, totally different person. You're thinking about okay. like Robert Jacob.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, This is why I'm asking. This is why I'm asking. Right. Okay. That's so this is a different person and a different store than that,
3: in a different city in Santa Rosa, not Sebastopol.
0: Got it. Okay, much much clearer now. Because I was reading it, I was like, I feel like this is that same guy, but I'm glad. Thank you for the clarity, Omar. We
1: need, Three, we, okay. we need, we need to lower. We needed to lower the bar of access into uh, the industry, and it's just sad the way that, especially folks up in the Triangle, the way that they're getting. Um, I'm thrown under the bus economically right now, and just getting stomped out of the uh, out of the industry, man. Like, it's 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 pretty rough, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, have to watch. It,
0: it it's it, it. I agree with that, but I don't think that they should be closed because of this tax debt if that is the sole reason that they're being closed i mean these agencies can go into making payment plans and whatnot maybe they did try to make a pay or maybe the agency did try to make a payment plan and they were unresponsive who knows and that's why this is happening but um i i just think you can always you can you can work yourself out of it you just got to work a little harder
5: not everybody yeah this the thing is, I always struggle with is when you hear about this is, you know, the taxes collected at the time of sale, right? So they've actually gotten the money. It's technically, you know, it, it should be making the best effort to pay taxes, right? uh in in for an industry i think it's the one thing uh, to gretchen's point we have a lot of uh i think moral high ground in the medicinal dialogue and and as it goes forward in the holistic wellness um you know area as well as the adult use right but this is a second area, you know that we can be beneficial to the economic realities that uh, a community can you know we can generate jobs we can generate revenues and, yeah. and when we don't follow through on that and we've collected it and we've called it out on the receipt that the consumer fails that the, that money Should be, uh, you know, so, I mean, maybe this is one of those times where I'm going to say, you know, the government's doing the right thing in in terms of uh, putting them in the position of having to make the choice to operate and pay taxes or to not operate. Mm
1: -hmm. We're so we're so advanced in technology these days that we shouldn't have to pay our taxes. They should be able to
5: take them out Mm -hmm. automatically. Well, we shouldn't have to pay taxes at the egregious level that they're taxing us. I and mean, we can get into that all day long, you know, an excise that's, tax that, that's I equal mean. to what oil yeah. and tobacco and and, uh, and and alcohol pay to get, you know what I mean, is it, ridiculous, right? I, and, I mean, at the like end that. of
1: the day, tax is theft, yeah.
5: Right, but sales tax, you know, then there's the argument we all drive on the same roads to and from the store, right? You know what I mean, whether you work there or you consume there, right? So, I mean, well, our roads are pretty bad right now not horrible. Yeah, dude, I I blew, I blew two tires
1: last week, and it's expense. I wasn't prepared to take on, especially after this last rain. Yeah, two last week. These LA streets, like, you know what, you know what to help remedy that? Hempcrete. Why don't you fill up these potholes with hempcrete?
5: Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I will say in Orange County, you know, when the when the grand jury report came out talking about the 20 million that Santa Ana collected in adult use uh, taxes, right, how much of that got programmed into the library program for kids and other uh, youth oriented service programs, as well as, you know, uh, police and, and other public safety initiatives, um, that really is a you know a, a a a plus headline for the industry in terms of when we go out to lobby uh you know our professionalism our benefits to the community so forth so you know in this particular one i mean dude pay your taxes bro pay your taxes man yeah it's not easy. well yeah well thank you all so much we
0: are gonna wrap this up it is friday y'all it's been one hell of a week And we want to thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for always tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters for always talking and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent-free inside of your head. Huge thank you to all of our sponsors, Omar Figueroa Podcast. Make sure you check it out and thank you all for giving us a reason to do this every day especially you cannabis sativa l thank you to cloud media partners house of fuego green street and oh yeah zaza simone brown holding us down in clubhouse and thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us it's america's number one daily cannabis news show
1: he has risen